Hello. There he is. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm adjusting. Good. Good. Nice to see you. You too. You too. <laughs> Welcome to the Lift Oneself podcast, Travis. I'm so thankful you're here with me. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, having me. Um, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Let's take a breath together. Breathe in through your nose and gently release. How's your heart doing? Um, it's beating fast right now, faster than usual, but um, I think it's going to ease you know, and kind of pace itself soon. But, you know, breathing, it's funny, breathing is something I have a really close friend. um, And when we talk, we talk a lot about breathing and how, you know, if we thought about our breathing when in certain situations in life, um, we would have better results and um, we'd be able to think clearly and, you know, do things that are, more within what we want to do or, or you know so um yeah breathing is um you know very important yeah we don't harness the power of it enough we don't re- well we most of us weren't taught about it it's just something that we take for granted because it's in our automatic autonomic nervous system to breathe to keep our vessel alive yet we don't realize how we can interrupt certain patterns and habits by breathing to be with the reactivity that is a very fast paced energy and to slow it down so that you, as you mentioned, do critical thinking and to make choices before we take action. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thankful these discussions are being had about how important breath is and it's, and it's a free tool. Imagine exactly. That. Exactly. Um, you know, we, we learned about it, me and my friend watching anime and, um, you know, a lot of the martial arts, it would be about breathing, maybe opening a chakra or um, slowing down time. Um, so it's all about your breathing. So when, when we saw that in anime, we tried to, we tried to incorporate that into our daily uh, life, you know, just to get that edge, as you said, you know, it's a, it's a free tool. So, it's, so we're trying to use that to kind of better ourselves. Yeah. What can you thank COVID for? Oh, I, I thank COVID for um, just slowing society down. Um, I felt like pre-COVID, um, I felt like pre-COVID that we, a, a lot of people were taking things for granted. Um, there was a lot of events going on. Um, some people just chose to stay home. You know, um, there's a lot, you know, and, and, and I feel like now people appreciate um, some of the freedoms that we have, if, if it's a event, any kind of event, I've seen people show up to professional events. I've seen people show up to parties, you know, people are showing up now and they're not taking things for granted like they did, uh, pre COVID. And, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, even, even if I feel like I, I didn't take things for granted, I, it, I still, going through that had to really, you know, um, 
you really felt like mm, maybe maybe we'll never have those freedoms again. Um, what would that be like? So appreciate what we had. Also, it gave us time to self-reflect, to think, to be with ourselves. You know, some people really enjoyed being with themselves. Some people didn't. It was interesting to see that dynamic. You know, but for me, I enjoyed being with myself and kind of learning what was important in life, mm-hmm. you know, and what kind of wasn't important. Mm-hmm. I had that time to reflect. Um, or you had that you had time to really see what was important because um you were at home either alone or with family. And that's basically all you had. Right? You didn't have the devices like um, gambling or um, whatever vice you like, you know, you didn't have that outlet. Um, it wasn't available to you. So you had to deal with yourself or your family and kind of, oh, and, and then you realize that's what, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all the other distractions that um, that's out there. So, um, you know, that, that was, that was due to the pandemic as well. Yeah. So you recently launched the Brotherhood Coalition. Can you explain to the listeners what that is? Yeah, so, you know, during the pandemic, um, actually, we, me and my friend group, um, about, we're about 10 to 15 um, Black men that I've known since high school. And um, we were just talking about the George Floyd situation and what we can do as, you know, as brothers, as Black brothers for the betterment of Black people and, and, and our condition right now. And um, my, uh, my friend Chooks, he, he kind of came up with the Brotherhood Coalition. So I don't think we had the name, but, you know, basically a group of us, of Black men um, coming together, starting in Ottawa and, um, you know, pooling our resources, um, our skills, our knowledge, and um, helping each other as Black men uh, kind of own and shape the environment here in Ottawa, you know, by, by, um, by utilizing ownership of, you know, buildings, um, accumulation of finances, and community organization. So um, we launched a couple of weeks ago and we've grown pretty rapidly. And um, we're, we're just looking, we're just in the beginning phases and we're really trying to, um, you know, to do something different, to do something um, next level. I feel like as black people, we've, um, we've progressed to a point where um, I feel like we no longer have to to only talk about um, our condition. We we can now shape it, mm-hmm. and um, you know we're big on legacy. For you know a lot of the men in my in in, in the group, their fathers and husbands. So they're looking to leave something for their kids here in Ottawa and around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that. You know, so that when when police do look at them in 20 years, it's not like how they looked at George Floyd. The, the, the whole society is going to be changed at that point, you know, through the work that we're starting here. 
um, on the shoulders of, you know, people, uh, black men who came before us and, and, and black women as well. So that's, that's basically what we're about. Okay. What would you say the intention is? So the intention for us is to um, reshape the condition of, you know, black people and, and the perception of black men in, in specifically. Um, you know, I think that I've seen change through my uh, lifetime. Um, when I was growing up, I would watch CNN, you know, at 11 years old, and I would see uh, Bill Clinton. And he was the black president because he could play jazz and, 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 and he spoke to, to the African-Americans in a way that, you know, really kind of spoke to them for the first time. Um, and then during high school, going, going into university, I started to hear about Barack Obama. And um, even though I, I thought that he could become president at one point, even when he was, even during the convention in 2004, I think, where um, he was like very young. Um, my dad never thought that he could become president because his generation um, was a lot more cynical. They, they, they saw a lot more than I did. Mm -hmm. So he, up until Obama, Obama won the election, he didn't believe. And, and that, was, that was very um, eye-opening for me to see not only Obama winning, but also my dad having to realize that we've progressed to a point where even America could, could do this. So um, now in 2020, um, it's a new phase where, um, you know, as black people, the, the, um, having, having Obama as president is, is, is almost like a, empty win mm -hmm. and but it was important mm -hmm. and i feel like now is the building phase where we actually build the wakanda and 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 it's actually real and and society comes to grips with the fact that black people are now um human beings right, right exactly you know and 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 funny funny you say that you know through throughout my whole life um you know, being born in being born in Canada, I actually didn't see race up until look back and say until like grade two, when it was when it became uh, evident mm -hmm. that there was a distinction between my blackness and someone's whiteness, or 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 whatever that distinction is. That's when it became clear. So I've I've always felt like you know we're a bag of bones and flesh you know and and um you know the actual the actual you know pigmentation and all of that is is so superficial it's mind-boggling but at the same time because of the social construct that's the only reason it even plays so you know that just shows that I have as much love for a human being, you know, sometimes I see people love dogs and I'm like, 
so you, you you know they must understand that if we as humans can love dogs so much then you understand why we love humans you know as much you know or more and there's no distinction between color when it comes to that you know because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. dogs are clearly not humans and we still have that attachment you know, yeah connection capacity and, yeah. and connection so what does self-care look like for you um like today like right now like you know, in my adulthood, I would say that um, starting my day right. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Starting your day, like right? making my bed, mm-hmm. um, and 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 going through my routine. You know, I I try to incorporate self care into my life, into my my career. So I I have a lot of downtime. I have a flexible schedule. Like I feel like that's self care. Like mm-hmm. you know, I I've worked for 20 years in the private sector and the public sector, uh, nine to five, I've worked like shift work as well, you know, doing call center work and stuff like that as well. My past. And I've seen how detrimental it is to just be in that rat way, rat way, mm-hmm. <laughs> rat race, you know? So I've tried to kind of develop time for me to just have downtime, you know, uh, a lot of sun, like going on the balcony, you know, as you said, time to breathe. So all that self-care, you know, I like to, um, you know, like little things like skin treatment or um, taking like, I'm taking um, turkey tail mushroom, Mm -hmm. you know, supplements and stuff like that. Um, And Bring it up. (laughs) Bring it up. No, just little things like that. And what's what's unfortunate is like, I find that when I'm stressed out, I kind of put that on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Right. And I try to I try to direct all my energy to solving the issue, slaying the dragging dragon, you know, and um, you kind of run yourself down. You know, I work I try to work out um, that that's like one of the main things. Um, there's a lot of benefits to working out. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start running as well, um, like just outdoors in the, in the mornings. But um, then life comes and says, no, you can't do that. You have to worry about X, Y, and Z. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I look forward to getting to that place where um, I'm waking up and I'm running in the mornings and then I'm eating breakfast and it's a good breakfast. So when I wake up, I like to drink water because I heard drinking water kind of first thing is is, is good for your um, di- digestive system and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I take my supplements on an empty stomach. Um, and then I'd like to run and then eat breakfast. And I like to do yoga as well. I like to stretch my limbs. I have long limbs and I'm getting older. And um, I did a lot of desk work, um, you know, since I was 17, 18. Um, so there's a lot that goes into mental health and and that's why i feel like driving to work commute like you know working eight hours in ivory tower and driving there and that's a lot of work and doesn't leave room for your mental for your for your for your mental health work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i think i think post pandemic i think a lot of people started to realize that prioritizing mental health work which could be like six hours in your day yeah is more important than the four hours commute that you were doing or the 
nine hours in the ivory tower. It's killing you, killing you slowly, you know, that way. So yeah, you're dying rather than you won't enjoy your pension. Exactly. And that's, you know, um, a lot of people don't realize the first half of their life, they're working so hard. And then the second half, they have to use their resources to save their health. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's a, a very backwards mentality. It's like, what? Do you meditate? I, I, I don't meditate in the, in the formal, like I, I'll hold the meds. Okay. Right. And I feel like it's the same thing. But, um, you know, there's certain times where I will, I like music. So music is constantly playing and I feel like meditation is more of a, a, um, a no sound uh, action. But I, I often, I'm often in a med state where I'm just thinking, I might be looking at the skyline or, um, you know, I might be pacing back and forth or I might be driving um walking but um you know just being in a state of positive thinking you know positive curiosity and um you know like in a zone a lot of times i'll be at a event like a party a birthday party and you know everyone's drinking and talking and there's music and i am zoned out right and you know i feel like um like I'm, I'm known as that guy, and um, I don't. I do that because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm more of an introvert, but I'm kind of in my head. But I feel like it's, um, it's, it's a healing action, and um, you know, it's a more of an intellectual thing. I'm just thinking about solutions. I'm thinking about, you know, things that I can put into effect in the future. Or I'm thinking about my past. Or I'm thinking about. Um, just certain things. So, you know, that's how I meditate. Celebrating you, Natalie, today and always as you come up to the first year anniversary of Lift Oneself, I had the pleasure of being in that space with you and really want to commend you for holding authentic um, and nourishing spaces for us to connect in and talk about life, you know, talk about the waves (laughs) that... We all navigate, especially as parents, as mothers, as nurturers, as caregivers, as those who are um, fostering a new way of being on this planet. You are certainly one of those humans that I that I take a lot of joy in connecting with. So thank you, and may this podcast live long. Lots of love. How are you with your emotions? Um, I think I think I'm pretty good with my emotions. I do. Um, you know, as far as um, my anger, what's what's funny about my anger? What I'll what I remember about it is when I moved from Montreal to Ottawa when I was twelve. Um, I remember having like arguments with my mom about like cleaning and stuff and you know teenager stuff and I remember kind of being angry and I was kind of angry about um leaving my friends in Montreal and having to start new friends and stuff and I think that kind of you know that was kind of 
the um, catalyst for for us behaving like that. And then I also remember, but that that kind of died down um, before I became an adult. Um, it was only like a year or two where I was kind of like that. But um, I remember the point where, like, I decided that I would I would never I would never really argue with my parents again. Um, like in my mid twenties, I just realized that, um, I realized that because they're my parents, you know, I should never, I should never really be angry towards them because they're always kind of looking out for me, mm-hmm. you know, and you reach that age where you realize like, that's all they're, that's all they're doing. Basically, they don't really have any other motive other than like just looking out for you so why would you get angry at them mm-hmm. and and I kind of stopped and since then me and my parents have been like best friends mm-hmm. um, and same thing with you know relationships with you know relationships that I've had um you know with women um in my early 20s you know there'd be arguments and I'd be, I'd have my point and and I'm using logic, you know, and, and the woman would come back with something. Um, I never had a, you know, my emotion, I was always um, available emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, cognizant of others' needs while I'm always being self-centered. Right. So, um, yeah, listening to myself is, 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 I feel like I do a good job of that. You know, same thing when I, when I got to my late twenties, I started realizing that there's, there's no point arguing with women either, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, no, there's no point. Like if they like you, they like you. And if they don't like you, then you're the problem. You either have to change or you have to go, but to sit there and argue, you know, you know, and there's, there's communicating and then there's arguing, you know? Yeah. And if you're arguing, and 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 also, you know, you know, the Brotherhood Coalition, and us being black men and holding each other accountable, you know, and and being a leader, you know, we don't have a de facto leader, but you know, the person who leads their life the right way will, you know, people will follow that person because it's just yeah. human nature. I I lead my I try to lead my life a certain way where the women in my life will be positively impacted by me and. You know, I make sure that that's kind of how how I lead my life so that when I speak to other men, I have that authority and they're able to be vulnerable and, you know, kind of let us let let me or let us know what's going on with their relationship or what they did here and what they did there. And I could say, you know what, you can't do X, Y and Z, you know, and and really be authoritative on that because that's the way I live my life. Getting back to like emotions. It's hard being a man and being emotionally available. You know, it's, it's very hard, you know, and also, you know, if a man is single or if a man is married, that really plays into how emotionally vulnerable they can be. But, um, but controlling, like, emotions, yeah, that's, that's very important as a man that you are able to do that. Explain what controlling emotions is. What do you mean by that? You know, I always... <laughs> Before, before, I, before I even knew the intricacies of it, I, w- I always prided myself on being emotionally uh, intelligent and um, having a good temperament. 
and um, you know, I feel like to be a leader, you have to have a temperament that you know is conducive to long-term, uh, you know, just long-term uh, success. And um, it's hard. I, I find that a lot of men, you know, try to be alpha and try and be perceived as alpha, lose everything else. You know, if they were to ever get to be a leader, they wouldn't be able to do anything with the mantle. So that's, that's uh, yet a second part was, was um, controlling. Uh, what, what do you mean by controlling emotions? Like oh, a man to control so, the emotions. You know, I feel big about being like a leader in your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm from a household where my dad never really raised his voice. He never really, when I say never, I mean like never, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I lived with my parents for over 20 years. That's what I'm kind of used to. I'm used to someone being kind of in control all the time. It just, it just brings a level of safety. And there, there can be a lot of growth within that safety net that a man can bring if he's able to, con- to, to have that temperament and control his, his, his emotions. And it's weird to say control your emotions, but it's more to just to be effective with your emotions. Because sometimes people can hear the language of control and that means denying and bypassing your emotions. You know, someone from my generation, I've had to, you know, I've had talks with his generation about being more open, you know, because I feel like with each generation, it's probably a more of an openness Mm -hmm. uh, as far as your emotions, you know, being more in tune with your feminine side mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's more acceptance of that. And um, so so I've been on the other side of the fence where, you know, but I think there's a time and a place for that. So if I felt like there, there's been times where I felt like I wasn't ready to be head of a household or to have a wife and stuff like that because I needed to really work on being in tune with my masculinity. Right now, I feel like I'm very strong in my masculinity so i'm able to be i'm able to exercise my femininity more because my masculinity will not be questioned for me if, when i get to that point is when i feel like okay i think i can you know i'm ready for everything i'm ready for marriage i'm ready for success because i feel like i'm so confident in my masculinity and 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 not have that questioned at all and just keep it pushing you know and um and i think that's that's the healthiest a man can be There's times where I have brain fog, where there's low energy, I don't want to do anything, I'm not motivated. And let me tell you, I had no idea what I needed until I tried Magic Mind. So I was a bit skeptic trying this Magic Mind, not thinking it was really going to do anything. (laughs) Let me tell you, I was so wrong. Now, the reason I was skeptic is because it's all natural ingredients, such as ceremonial-grade matcha, lion's mane mushroom, turmeric curcumin, and you know what? I had no idea that it would lift my energy, drive focus, and boost my mood. What I had is procrastination before wasn't there. The brain fog was lifted. And, you know, I tried it in several different ways. I did it before a podcast. Another day I did it before having to coach a client. Another day I did it when I had to do physical activities with the twins. And each time there was clarity 
and energy. It was fantastic. Sharing is caring. And for you, the listener, I'm able to offer you a discount code. Yeah. For the next 10 days, you are able to get 40% off your subscription. Go to the link www.magicmind.co forward slash lift and use my discount code lift 20. You don't know until you try it. And let me tell you, I've tried it and I am a subscriber now. Don't wait. It's good to talk about not having the need to go viral, not behaving in a way that makes it more likely that you'll become viral. Because I think becoming viral is driving behavior, driving what people may may say and may do, you know, all for the algorithm. And, um, you know, we need to we need to have voices talking about just doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's because attention is what we seek. Yeah, exactly. That's what and, addiction is because we're seeking attention and we're not getting it. So there's an ache with that. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what, you know, we try to hold each other accountable when it comes to that. You know, um, it's the ego, you know, mm-hmm. having a bunch of guys together. You know, there's a lot of ego. You have to hold each other accountable. And, and the power they, struggles, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and you have to be able to take criticism. Yeah. You know, there's certain things in our society that we need to put more emphasis on. Mm-hmm. And it starts with, you know, people like me or us just saying, hey, you know, um, you don't have to do that to become viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to be viral. You know, yeah. Anon- 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 you know, being anonymous is is great. Manages and just other ways to make money. And you know what? Money's not even that important. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, if you could find you know, a shelter and a place to live, like you're, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's the quality of life. It's the quality of life. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, a lot of people have like the jewelry and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's good for I'm you. not, I, I can put that on a vacation. Thanks. You know, yeah. It's, I can put that on travel. The, and you know what the best thing is? The, I like, I like jewelry. I like nice cars house nice things but it's like an accent mm-hmm. right because if your life isn't good if you're not feeling good about life and you have those things it'll make you more depressed yeah again right? amplifying you get your depression gets amplified because you're saying oh my god i have these things and i'm not I'm still and, not and feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling it, you know. And what if I lost one of those things mm-hmm. while still not feeling it? I'm mm-hmm. gonna feel even worse. Exactly. Now I don't even have that one validation thing that was, you know, kind of bringing me joy, even though I was depressed. Now that's gone. Now I'm really doing bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, you know. So if you have them, you know, if you have the mentality where. Or where, you know, you have the nice car, the jewelry, you know, the girl by your side, but you actually like life. Yeah. Now, I'm I, I'm, I'm going to see you like five years from now. You're going to be doing even better. Ten years from now, you'll be doing even better because you were you were happy. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just things that came with your happiness. You know, those are just byproducts. Yeah. Those things that I saw that saw you with. But, you know, if you were unhappy with those things so it's you know it's all accents and 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 if and if kids knew that 
And if kids knew that they didn't have to uh, drug deal or, or scam mm-hmm. to, to, to find that happiness and know that those things are just byproducts. Like, you know, when you reach, when you reach my age, anybody could afford um, a luxury vehicle mm-hmm. because you've made at least 40 grand for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you, bare minimum, you qualify for, for a luxury vehicle. But do you prioritize a luxury vehicle? A lot of people don't prioritize a luxury vehicle. That's why they're not driving it. So if, 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 if kids understood that, you know, you could get the luxury vehicle if you want. Anybody can, you know, or you can, you can dress the way you want at 35. That's no problem because, you know, just an average man making a salary for a long time, if he saves, you know, 5% a year, by the time he's 35 to 40, you know, he'll have enough money. But, but I think we, um, the, we're such a material world and consumerism, big, big corporations have made us such consumerists Mm -hmm. that we think we need a hundred, $200,000 salary to afford a huge mountain of things. And I don't even think we need that. No, we don't. (laughs) But yet, some people do because of the ache and the hole with an H that's in them that they're trying to fill. And it feels like a black hole and it just is insatiable. And so oh. they keep trying to stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, thinking that it will make them whole with a W and it won't. It's their own love and their own attention that they have to be in that stillness, be in that silence to see the pain and go through that portal. Yeah, to go no, through I, that portal. And it- you know, I don't know if it's my upbringing, but, you know, I, I saw my parents, you know, um, l- you know, live in a home and it didn't, it didn't have to be the biggest house, it, but it was big for them at the time. Now they're saying it's a bit small, but at the time they were saying, you know, they have three floors, they have a basement, a main floor, a top floor, like you, you don't need much in life, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you you know, you have, um, you have, because now, now at my age, I'm like the upkeeping of these big, ha- I'm well, not yeah. doing these upkeepings. I'm it's, like, exactly. Right. When the stairs is now becoming, it's not, it's not an issue, but it, it, it can become an issue, right? Yeah, you have yeah. stairs and you have a garden to maintain and stuff like yeah. that, you know? So I'm, I'm just happy where I could be, all I need is shelter. Yeah. I don't need too much space, you know? I am alone, but, you know, but, you know, so I think that, and I think we're moving to a point where, you know, if you were to have like a $2 million mortgage, you know, that would, that would make, that would force you, um, that would kind of dictate your life because you'd have to maintain that, that income to to really um, stay in that home. Um, yeah, the where the economy is going, yeah, I, yeah, it's scary. Going, yeah, that's that's. It's not sustainable, and it's going to crash, and there'll be a recession, and and my concern is the recession of people's mental well being, because a lot of people, a lot of the younger generation, especially in the twenties and thirties, um, they went and got homes. 
that they were already limited in their budget and faking, trying to fake their numbers and everything else. They are not taken in consideration when the interest rates go up by 3%. Even just by 1% can mash up people. Yeah, when it goes up 3% and you don't have the capacity to pay these payments and stuff. And then the devastation that you accumulated something for a status and now it's gone. And that yeah. is a big, you know, grief. That's grief that people yeah. don't realize the interaction with that and yeah. the identity. No. Yeah, no, I, you know, and I didn't even, you know, thinking back to like 2018 during that um, recession, there was a lot of, I watched a lot of document, uh, you know, a lot of do- documentaries about um, people being foreclosed on and families going through a rough time and stuff like that. And, since then, we've had a lot of a lot more issues in our society, not including the pandemic, that battered our mental health. Mm-hmm. For us to go through a recession now, you know, as you said, where people bought status symbols and now the interest rates gonna, you know, if it's like anything like the eighties, it can go up to like eight percent. Right. And and I, and, I, and then I think it would be nobody could afford their mortgage at that point. I don't know. If well, some happen, people but, would. Some people yeah. would. Yeah, um, people. It's, you know, I had to retire and I had to change my whole lifestyle. And now I have a financial freedom because I had to make specific choices with my lifestyle and to simplify things and to remove certain things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I removed a lot of vices. So when people are like, you don't drink, no, you don't smoke, no, you don't like do, you don't party, you don't buy clothes, you don't. And I'm like, no, 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 mm-hmm. because I saw the capitalism, I saw the consumerism, and I saw that these things also are vices for you to avoid your inner work. Mm-hmm. To be with the discomfort of what's really nagging me that I'm needing this stimulus to distract myself from it, to soothe myself. And it, there's nothing wrong with the material things. There's nothing wrong with having a big home. It's when you are not aware that you're using this to avoid whatever pain or whatever things are going on inside you. And yeah. so you have to, to recognize that. I'm going to ask you one more question. And mm-hmm. then because I just noticed the time, <laughs> I'm going to bring you into a reflective question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to take your awareness now and go back to your 18 year old self. And you're only allowed to tell your 18 year old self three words. They can be single words or in a, uh, a form of a phrase. What would those three words be? It would be it would be something along the lines of um, it's a long race. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a marathon. Yeah, it's a, it's a long race, you know. And you think you're thinking long term, but you're not thinking long term because, like, you know, at eighteen, I didn't think twenty five or thirty five would be the way, the way it was. You know, I thought I'd be like an old man, I thought, a grandpa. I don't know what you know, like. It's so um, unrealistic what you think, you know, 20 years looks at 18 from now. Um, so I would have I would have never thought I'd be where I'm at. So, yeah. yeah. Where can the listeners find you? Um, you could find me, my personal, um, 
IG is um, Trinidad Travis, just one word. You could also find me at the Brotherhood Coalition. That's both on um, Facebook and um, IG. Is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with? Just, um, you know, if you're a black man, you know, follow us. Um, even if you're not black or a man, you can follow us. Um, what about you know, the women? Exactly. That's what, that's what I meant to say. Even if you're not a, a, a man, you're a woman, you know, or you're not black, you can always, you know, follow what we're doing and, and, and support us. You may not, you know, be able to, to be educated. Yeah, exactly. And, and we do, you know, want that support or, you know, you, you know, whether it's just um, watching our Zoom event or, uh, or whatnot so you know that'd be great um you know and uh you know i just want to you know put it out there that um there, there are people out there who care about other people and and kind of want to hear you know what's going on with you and, and and you know and can relate to what you're going through you know i i've always um it always surprises me when people are surprised that other people feel the same way they do, you know, and um, because I'm always like, we're all human, like we're all the same. So we kind of see stimuli the same way and, and life could only throw so much at us. We've all kind of, we've all one or two, someone has seen what you've seen or been through what you've been through. So you know, when when you are going through a certain event, I take solace in the fact that there's probably thousands of people who are going through the same thing I'm going through, and they're getting, they're overcoming it. So I can do that. As, I can do that as well. And um, I think that um, you know, with that type of mentality, that you know, you're not the only person going through this, that, and that. And, you know, and always knowing that it could be, it could have been worse, you know, and it's lucky that, you know, you are where you are. That's a good way to think. I want to thank you for extending your time because I know how valuable time is in life. So I thank you for sharing with the podcast listeners. And I'm really thankful that you're bringing this brotherhood coalition out into the world. It's truly needed for our men of color and men just in particular. They need the spaces where they can be supported and encouraged and have spaces where they can be listened to. And witnessed and shown that, you know what, we see you and we know that what's possible and what's great in you. So thank you very much, Travis, for everything that you're doing. Uh, Thank you um, for um, having this space, um, for inviting me. You know, you are important, you know, not to be too long, but, you know, being in Ottawa for a long time, you know, I get to, you know, I know everybody and, the, the roles they play in, in the city and stuff and, and your your role just as someone who's genuine and, and wants to share is um, is very important. And I thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Remember to be kind with yourself. I will. I will. Same to you. You. All right. Hey, you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for your time. It's greatly appreciated. 
If you found any value in this conversation, please share it out with a friend. Help us grow the dialogue. Let us create the safe spaces of healing. You can find more information at www.liftoneself.com. Until next time, be kind with yourself. Be kind with yourself.